Incarnation is a church that is passionate about raising up new leaders in the body of Christ, and we're always about that work. Um, and today we get to hear from one of the leaders we're raising up, Jeremiah Simpson. Mm. Jeremiah, um, yes, give him a round. <laughs> Uh, Jeremiah has been um, a, a resident and intern of this church for this past year. Uh, this summer, he's going to be joining InterVarsity staff full-time. We get to keep him next year uh, on a part-time basis. He's been in our lay preaching cohort since um, September, uh, and so he is a preacher in training, although I'm sure he'll agree very gifted. Uh, so please uh, give your ears to Jeremiah as he brings the word to us this morning. Thank you. All right, y'all. Join me in prayer this morning. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are truly thankful, God, to be here in your house this morning, ready to receive, God, from your spirit. I pray, Lord, that the peace from your spirit flows in this place this morning. Give us hearts to hear, God, minds, Jesus, that understand, hands and feet that are willing to go out and carry out Jesus, the work of your spirit, and thankfulness, God, for you sitting on the throne of our hearts, God, and in heaven. Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Let me speak not from my own understanding, God, but from the wisdom of your spirit. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, good morning, Incarnation. Um, I am really glad to be here with y'all this morning. It's the second time I get to preach here at church, and every time it's the measure of excitement and nervousness at the same time. So I'm just so glad to be here. I'm really glad to be here, too, because I just finished school, finally. <laughs> um, just, yeah, yeah, we get to clap that up, because finally got my undergrad degree done. And, um, you know, graduation is always such a major accomplishment in our lives. You know, as for most people, it's a turning point. Graduation highlights that we have completed a major step of learning. You know, whether we're kids graduating from kindergarten, where we got to learn our two plus twos, or if we're getting our um, uh, PhD after submitting our doctoral thesis, and graduation always marks a transition from one season into the next. And so today is Ascension Sunday the day where we commemorate Jesus' ascension into heaven, 40 days after his resurrection. His hour had come on earth. He had died, he had gone into the grave, and now he had risen again. But his chapter on earth at this time had come to an end. He was graduating from this walk, in a sense. And so now he gets to ascend. And his ascension is something that placed him past everything else and that seated him as the high king of heaven. So in our time of diving into the word today, we're going to focus on two points. How Jesus' ascension confirmed his power and authority and how his ascension leads to his power working within us. So turn in your pew Bibles to page 976. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. That will be our main focal point of scripture this morning. Where we see Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. Now this church, as Paul highlights in verse 15, was strong in their faith towards the Lord and was known for their love 
towards the other saints. Paul was thanking the Lord for the level of maturity in them, and at the same time praying that they will continue to grow in their understanding. You know, read with me in verses 16 and 17 as Paul reads, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Paul was praying that this church will be blessed with wisdom and more revelation of the knowledge of God, that the church would see the power of Christ, the same power that had raised Jesus from the dead and seated him in the heavenly places. Now we'll get into verses 17 and 18 in a minute, but first I want to draw our attention to verses 19 through 21, where Paul says, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Paul is pointing back to the resurrection and the ascension for the church in Ephesus, highlighting that the great might that worked in Christ that raised him from the dead is the same might that led to his ascension into the heavens. The Easter power is something that was continuing. He is drawing their attention back to the truth that God is a miracle worker, that both the resurrection and the ascension were not anything that was done by human hands nor by human might and was barely anything that human comprehension would be able to grasp, but instead that this was the power of God, that this was done by the hands of he who was a miracle worker, he who transcends human understanding, his ways, are higher than man's ways. His thoughts are higher than man's thoughts. And Paul wanted the church to see that understanding, to recognize the magnitude of the power that was just exhibited by the Almighty. And now as we heard from Pastor John on Easter, the resurrection of Jesus confirms our faith to the degree that Paul claimed in 1 Corinthians 15 that if it had not occurred, if Jesus had not been raised, our faith would be meaningless. But in its validity, our faith has meaning, and it is confirmed by this miraculous work of the Lord. But the ascension, the ascension church confirmed that the miraculous power of Jesus' authority is found in him being the Most High King. Read with me verses 21. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. His ascension identifies the complete dominance and authority of Jesus. It confirms that nothing has stopped him from ascending to the throne of God. None of the evil structure that exists in the heavens, no rulers, no authorities, no cosmic powers in the unseen, no authorities in the present world, no evil spirits in the heavenly realms could stop Jesus from ascending to the throne of glory. He earned a degree that none of us could claim, that no power could hold on to. He accomplished victory over death and is seated at the right hand of God. Imagine what it would be like, church, for a king to take his throne. Who would have been there? What songs would have been playing? I do have an image, image for my children. I'm pretty sure everybody here has seen Lion King. 
So I feel like this one can sit, honestly, like right with us. But um, you remember in Lion King, after Simba was born, you know how our boy Rafiki lifted him up. You know, we have the light beaming down on him, his proud parents in the background just smiling. But before Simba, all of the other animals there in the animal kingdom came to bow. And I don't know if you guys remember the song. I do. I love it. It was so essential <laughs> to my childhood. But all the animals, they was getting with it, man. They were jumping up and down, doing little dances, getting ready to praise Simba, their new king, the one who was going to reign over them. And it just painted such a glorious image of what it looked like for somebody to be crowned. And now imagine with me what that would have meant for the king of kings, that he was not just king over one kingdom. He was not just king over animals. He isn't even just king over people. But as he was taken up on that cloud, he passed by all other authorities. And there was no fight in them. There was no rebellion to be found. And as he ascended into the heavenly places, as the heavens opened up before him, it wasn't just animals singing his praise, but it was the angels crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lamb of God. It was the Lord looking unto him and saying, your throne, O God, shall last forever your throne is built upon justice and righteousness. And at your name, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that you are God. It was an illustration that he is the king of kings. And his ascension confirms that there is none who comes before him, that there is none who will come after him that he is the everlasting king over all of his creation. But the confirmation of Jesus' authority is not all that his ascension accomplished. Turn back with me into our Ephesians passage, and now let's look at verses 17. We'll go into the first half of verse 19. Continuing Paul's prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards those who believe. Now, church, I have a phrase. I want us to, we're going to do a little participation today. Um, repeat this with me, and we're going to hold on to it now for the end. I know that I'm going through it. I know that I'm going through it. But God is on the throne. But God is on the throne. We're going to say it again. I know that I'm going through it. I know that I'm going through it. But God is on the throne. Just hold on to that. We're going we're gonna to use it again once we get to the end. Well, the reason that I want us to hold on to that is because Jesus' ascension allows God's power to now be something that can work in the lives of his children. 
now that the king of kings sits eternally on his throne, you are not powerless. You are never alone. Instead, you have the might of God working within you if you believe in him. Throughout the Old Testament, it was God's desire to reveal his power. In the Exodus, he wanted the people, both the Egyptians and the Israelites, to see his might, to see how strong he was. So the point that when he made his covenants with the Israelites, he did so based not off of them not knowing his might, but purely off of him literally freeing them from captivity, doing miracles and wonders that no other false gods nor false prophets were able to do. That when he first made his covenant with them, he said unto them, I am the Lord your God, he who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. He left no crumbs on the table, no place where they could misconstrue his power. That he was the only one who could free them, that no one was as mighty of God as God. And now with the ascension of Jesus, God took showing his might to an even greater degree. He demonstrated that he wasn't just more powerful than mankind and their false gods, but that even heaven and its angels bowed before him, that he is now enthroned over the universe itself. And so unto his children, the question now becomes, in what situations do you feel powerless? Who do you turn to? In your times where you feel as if you are alone, when you feel as if there are things in your life that you cannot overcome, whether it may be in the mundane, in the day-to-day, a boss who may just truly be on your behind, nagging you about things that you just can't seem to get right. Where there may be you out on the playground with your friends, you got a bully coming around you consistently, never trying to treat you right, never trying to speak a kind word to you. In these situations where you want to ask God, Lord, where are you? God, are you with me? God, are you working for me? And what Paul's reminder was to this church was that, yes, he always is because he is the ever-present God who is always working for his children. And his ascension places him in the place that no matter where you reside, no matter where you may be at in terms of the issues that you have in your life, you now have the king of glory always working on your behalf, always aiming to let you know that he is with you, beside you, working through you in all things. Who Jesus. Church, I, oh, Lord, I wish that I could get into a good Pentecost sermon today. <laughs> I really do. But I just want to leave you in that reminder that the Holy Ghost is the power that is working in you now. That you are never alone. You are never forsaken. That the King of Kings in his ascension has sent his spirit to work in you always to the degree that his power overflows in your life when you come to rely upon him and put your trust in him. And it is a reminder that is ever present in all the battles that you have to go through. Because as Paul was reminding this church, you fight not against flesh and blood, 
but you fight against the powers of evil and darkness that Jesus has sended past. And in this reminder, you do so in the understanding that the King of Kings is the one who is working in you and through you. That there is nothing that can overcome you. That is nothing that it can overtake you. Because when you are in the midst of your battle, you look to the one who sits on glory. You look to the one who reigns eternally. And you remember that he has blessed you with a glorious inheritance of his power and of his presence. That there is nothing that can overtake you. Because the spirit that is living within you is greater than the one that is within this world. You are children of the most high God. And his presence is what dictates your steps. And I'll end with what that now means for your life. Read with me the last verses in this reading. And he puts all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Church, that is who you are. You are the body of the Most High. You are the body of the one who sits eternally. His thoughts his mind, his word is what dictates how you live. You are his hands and feet. You are the one who carries out his good purposes, his good will, and his hope is fulfilled in you. So remember, church, and the times that when I know that I am going through it, God is the one who is on the throne. So say that with me one more time. I know that I am going through it. I know that I am going through it. But God is on the throne. But God is on the throne. Praise God for the ascension of his son, that he sits forever on the throne of glory, and that he has blessed us with the power that comes by his glorious name. Amen. Amen. Please take a few moments to meditate on the sermon while we get ready for the baptisms. So um, we have an insert for our holy baptisms here, um, the page you should have had on the inside of your service leaflets. I invite the uh, families of the candidates to come forward at this time.
Dearly beloved, Scripture teaches that we were all dead in our sins and trespasses, but we are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Our Savior has said, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And he commissioned the church to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is the outward sign of new birth in Christ, whereby we are united with him in his death and resurrection unto new life. The candidates for holy baptism will now be presented. Yeah, you can all say it. You can all say it at once. Today, on behalf of these children, you shall make vows to renounce the devil and all his works, to trust God wholeheartedly, and to serve him faithfully. It is your task to see that these children are taught as soon as they're able to learn the meaning of all these vows and of the faith that you will profess as revealed in the Holy Scriptures. They must come to put their trust in Jesus and learn the creeds, the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, and all other things which a Christian ought to know, believe, and do for the welfare of his soul. When they have embraced all these, having become disciples of Jesus, they are to come to the bishop to be confirmed, that they may claim the faith for their own and be further strengthened by the Holy Spirit to serve Christ and his kingdom. Are you willing to undertake this? I am, the Lord being my helper. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, in your great mercy you saved Noah and his family in the ark from the destruction of the flood. And you safely led your people, the children of Israel, through the Red Sea, prefiguring the sacrament of holy baptism. By the baptism of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, in the Jordan River, you sanctified water for the washing away of sin. Now look mercifully upon these, your servants, through your Holy Spirit, wash and sanctify them, that they may be delivered from destruction and received into the ark of Christ's church. And being steadfast in faith, joyful through hope, and rooted in love, they may pass through the turbulent floods of this troublesome world and come into the land of everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Dearly beloved, you have come here to be baptized. We have prayed that our Lord Jesus Christ would receive you, release you from sin, sanctify you through the Holy Spirit, and give you the kingdom of heaven and everlasting life. I now ask you to renounce the world, the flesh, and the devil, to come to Jesus Christ in faith, and to acknowledge Christ as Lord and Savior. Do you renounce the devil and all his works? I renounce them. Do you renounce the empty promises and deadly desires of this world? Do you renounce the sinful desires of the flesh? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept and confess him as your Lord and Savior? Do you joyfully receive the Christian faith as revealed and contained in the Holy Scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? Will you obediently keep God's holy will and commandments and walk in them all the days of your life? I will, with God's help. The next question is for the congregation, and I ask you to respond sincerely and heartily. Will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? We will. Amen. Please stand. And let us join together with these candidates and proclaim our faith in the words of the ancient baptismal confession, the Apostles' Creed. Do you believe and trust in God? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. 
Do you believe and trust in Jesus Christ? I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You can still. Yes, you can. <laughs> um, the congregation may be seated again so that the children can see. The Lord be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We thank you, Almighty God, for the gift of water. Over it, the Holy Spirit moved in the beginning of creation. Through it, you led the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt into the land of promise. In it, your son Jesus received the baptism of John in the river Jordan when the Holy Spirit descended upon him as a dove. We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it we are buried with Christ in his death. By it we share in his resurrection. Through it we were reborn by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we bring into his fellowship those who come to him in faith, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, Father, sanctify this water by the power of your Holy Spirit. May all who are baptized here be cleansed from sin, be born again and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Amen. So I will be baptizing the girls, and then I've asked Father Matt Wilkins from the cathedral to uh, chrismate them. Uh, Father Matt is godfather to both of these girls. <laughs> Name this child. Shiloh, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Shiloh, receive the sign of the cross as a token of your new life in Christ. You should not be ashamed to confess the faith of Christ crucified and to fight bravely under the banner against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's it. We did it. <laughs> Name this child. Oh, you're going to let me put you backward? She really doesn't like to go backward. Okay, we're going to try it here. Okay. Anna, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. Sign you sign of the cross as a token of your new life in Christ in which you shall not be afraid to fight bravely under his banner against the world, the flesh, and the devil, the continuous faithful servant to the end of your days. Amen. Here we go. Let's welcome the newly baptized.
May God, who has received these girls by baptism into his church, pour into them the riches of his grace, that within the company of Christ's pilgrim people, they may daily be renewed by his Holy Spirit and come to the inheritance of the saints in glory. Let's say this line in bold at the bottom of the page. We receive you into Christ's flock, confess the faith of Christ crucified, proclaim his resurrection, and share with us in his eternal priesthood. I invite the uh, families and godparents to um, pray prayers over these girls now. Yes, sir. Mm. Open up the prayers to anyone in the congregation who wants to add. So the baptismal families may be seated. Uh, the rest of us are going to continue with the confession on page 7 of the regular service leaflet. Let us humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in his great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all those who sincerely repent and with true faith turn to him, have mercy upon you, 
pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the word of God to all who truly turn to him. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Please stand. Um, in a few moments, we'll come to our time of offertory, um, and during the offertory, uh, I will be passing among you, sprinkling you with holy water. Uh, this is my favorite tool of our tradition. It's called an aspergillum, uh, and um, as you get sprinkled with holy water, just uh, make the sign of the cross and, and thank the Lord for your salvation. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Greet one another with a sign of God's peace. Thanks, bro. Love you. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome, Incarnation. We're so happy to see you. Glad for all these visiting family members and friends here for one of the holiest and cutest things that ever happens on a Sunday. <laughs> um, welcome, welcome. Um, we we want to continue the celebration, so as soon as uh, this service wraps up, we'll be in the courtyard uh, with treats galore and um, iced coffee. It's getting warm, I know. So plenty of iced coffee, sweet tea, all the things that you need to keep you going. Um, if you want to find out a little bit more about what's going on in this church throughout the week, um, make sure you stay connected. There's one of, you'll find one of these in the pew in front of you there. Fill that out. Drop it in the offering basket as it comes by in a few minutes. You'll get our emails and text messages so you always know what's up. Um, if you're visiting with us today, let me just take a moment to orient you to the building. Right there in the foyer where you came in, there's a lovely quiet room. You're welcome to use that if you just um, have some wiggly children or, or, or any issue whatsoever. You need a moment, whatever you need. Um, and this service is actually live streamed in there, so you won't really miss out. Um, if you need to use the restrooms, um, they are uh, accessible by walking out this front door, then wrapping through the courtyard right through here and into um, this back into the building there. Um, there's also more restrooms available in the building next door where, where we have our nursery. All right, um, I want to invite uh, Pastor John up to give an announcement about um, the uh, opportunity for summer Bible study coming up. Hello, thanks, Carissa. Um, yeah, so summer's approaching rapidly, the weather's telling us so, and you might be asking questions like, how can I advance my discipleship in the Lord over the summer? Where can I find Bible study with fellow believers and a community of praying saints? And how can I get my fill of ice cream? 
And uh, all of those questions can be answered with our Wednesday night summer intergenerational Bible study. So beginning on uh, June 21st, um, every, every Wednesday in here at 7 p.m., we're going to have uh, seven weeks of Bible study. Um, and we're going to gear it to the whole family, so it will be thoroughly accessible. Um, we're going to deliberately work on uh, blending the community, making sure that people know each other, because we've heard from some of you that you feel a little isolated. So if that's you, please come to this Bible study, because we'll make a special effort for you to uh, meet other people and get to know each other. Uh, we'll do about 40 minutes of Bible study, sort of uh, from the front. It will be very accessible. We'll break into little, little groups if we need to. Um, we'll, at 8 o'clock, we'll do Compline, which is a 10-minute service to close the day. Um, and then we will uh, go outside and enjoy an ice cream bar hosted by our teenagers. So um, if you're around this summer for any of those Wednesdays, uh, starting June 21st, please do come to our intergenerational Bible study. And uh, if everyone in this room came, we'd be very happy and we'd love to see you all. So um, yeah, that's, that's what's going on. All right, we come now to our time of Holy Communion. Uh, Holy Communion is open to all baptized followers of Jesus, regardless of denomination or what church that you're usually a part of. Uh, if you want more information about that, you can look at page 11 of your service sheet, and there's stuff written in italics, or just tug on the shirt of your friend and be like, hey, how do you guys do communion here? Um, I just also want to just point out, um, as, as Jeremiah powerfully brought the word about uh, the end of Jesus' time bodily on earth, just a little catechetical moment here. What was the beginning of Jesus' bodily time on earth? I'll give you a hint. We just said it in the creed. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. That's the beginning of Jesus' bodily time on earth. It's just for our reflection this morning, all right? Ascribe to the Lord the honor due his name. Bring offerings and come into his courts. Yeah. 
The Lord be with you. And with, with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. But chiefly are we bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. For he is the true Paschal Lamb who was offered for us. And he has taken away the sin of the world, who by his death has destroyed death and by his rising to life again has won for us everlasting life. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, Father, in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had sinned against you and become subject to evil and death, you, in your mercy, sent your only Son into the world for our salvation. By the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, he became flesh and dwelt among us. In obedience to your will, he stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself once for all, that by his suffering and death we might be saved. By his resurrection, he broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. As our great high priest, he ascended to your right hand in glory, that we might come with confidence before the throne of grace. 
on the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has is died. died. Christ, Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, and we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your word and Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Sanctify us also, that we may worthily receive this holy sacrament and be made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ. And bring us with all your saints into the joy of your heavenly kingdom, where we shall see our Lord face to face. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now, as Christ our Savior has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia! Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia! The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on Him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to
Jesus, just aware that when we're offering ourselves to you, there's always little parts, conscious or unconscious, that we're not fully putting on the altar. We just pray that you would help us by your Holy Spirit. to allow your light to shine on those places, to allow those places to bow before the King of Kings. Lord, we need training and worship from you. Train us day by day, we pray, by your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you always live to make intercession for us the altar in heaven is sprinkled with the finished work of the Lamb of God. Let's turn to page 11 in your service sheet. Let's pray the post-communion prayer together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul be, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.
Let us go forth in the name of Christ. Be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.